you ever found out that sometimes cr- Christmas things don't turn out the way that you expect them to? Have you ever noticed how that happens? It's really funny. My, uh, my son, Nate, and his wife, Allison, um, decided to get some Christmas pictures, which were really cool, uh, except the Santa picture didn't quite work out how they thought. Throw that picture up on the screen. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's my little grandson, Adrian. Yeah, screaming mama out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good thing his grandmother is a therapist because he's probably going to be in therapy for the rest of his life now because of that. You know, I I thought of that. um, The whole idea, sometimes Christmas, you know, we talk about it being the most wonderful time of the year, but sometimes that's not the most wonderful time of the year. Sometimes Christmas can be hard. The holidays can be really hard on us. This last week I was uh, speaking in Ohio um, at a large church that had a, a, a special, what they call blue Christmas service. And it was uh, just to give hope and healing for people who, the holidays are hard. They've, they've, had, they've had loss. They're going through a very struggling time. And it's just a way to remind ourselves that Christmas is about having good news in the midst of that darkness. And I thought, you know what, that's, that's what I want to I wanna share today. Um, because if there's one word that I would say I think anybody could use this time of year, it's this word, hope. Say that word out loud with me, hope. How many of you would be honest enough to admit you could use a little hope this year? Yeah, and I, I wanna talk about that, and I wanna use the story of the, the, the Magi to just kind of set a background for us today to talk about that. Uh, in Matthew chapter two, if you want to take your sermon outline, you can, you can track along. We're not gonna, we don't have the scripture printed in the outline, but the notes we will. We'll throw the scripture up on the screen for you. Matthew chapter two, beginning at verse one, says Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, there were some wise men from Eastern lands that arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his son, or saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem, and he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law, and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I too can go and worship him. And after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chests, and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. You know, I don't know where you're at right now uh, in this Christmas season, but hope may be 
the most resonating thing in your mind today? They say, Pastor Stephen, if anything that I could get, man, if I could get one Christmas gift, it, it would be that gift of hope. Maybe, maybe your hope is uh, for a financial situation that you're in that you don't see any way through. Maybe your hope that you need is for a medical condition that either you or someone close to you has, and you're thinking, man, so I, I know someone that really needs a special touch from God. Um, you know, maybe you're at a place, you're in a, in a relational situation where you're going, man, there's, there's this distance there and I, I don't know how to fix that and I just need hope that God can work in our hearts. Maybe, maybe you have some people close to you that, um, you know, are just lost and they don't have anything to do with God and you're thinking, Pastor Steve, if I had one hope, it would be, man, can, can somehow, could God touch them and, and bring them home? Well, all of us come at this from a different perspective, but when I, when I was sitting with this story of the, of the Magi some weeks ago, and I, I was just kind of processing some of it in my head, I, I kept coming back to this whole idea of hope and how this story reminds us of the hope we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our living hope, amen? In fact, the scripture right there from Matthew chapter 12 and verse 21 and it was talking about as a prophecy of Jesus. Read it out loud with me. It said, and his name will be the hope of, of where? All of the world. And that's our hope today. Now, what I want to do, I want to go back to the story. And I just, I just want to use this story of the Magi to, to talk about how all of us can have hope no matter where we're at or what we're going through. Are you ready? Here we go. Track with me. We can have hope for three different reasons that I, I want to give you, and you can let these kind of just sink in throughout the week as you process them. We can have hope regardless of where we are because God calls to us across the distance. God calls to us across the distance. Now, what hit me, again, when I was reading the story of the Magi, it says in, in the scripture that they come from eastern lands. Now, we don't know where that was. Uh, commentators are all over the place on where they think it might be. Um, some think that this journey was maybe a few days. Others think perhaps it took weeks for them to get there. Others say months or perhaps even as long as a year or so for the Magi to get to where the baby was. And so they're, they're thinking this could be a long, long ways away. And as, as I was processing this idea, I was thinking, isn't it, isn't it cool that God reached out to this group of men you know, who were a long ways away. God didn't wait until they discovered him. God gave them a sign so that they could find him. And I thought, isn't that the nature of the heart of God to reach to us across the distance no matter why we're there? You know, you, you may feel a long way from God today. Or, or you may be in relationship with someone that you know is a long way away from God. But you know what? We have hope. Regardless of where you are, regardless of where they are, we can have hope. And I started thinking, just processing this, and I was thinking, why is there distance so many times between us and God? Well, I'm gonna give you, I just wanna give you three. There's actually several, but three that I could identify pretty quick. Here's the first one. Sometimes that distance is created by ignorance. Sometimes that distance is just simply created by ignorance. Now, I'm not using that word in a derogatory way. Here's what I mean. Sometimes people just don't know who God is and what he can do. And for people who perhaps grew up where they really weren't taught about God, 
They weren't taught about the hope we have in Jesus Christ. There are, listen very carefully, there are an increasing number of people who are growing up without any understanding of the Bible or who God is or what he came to do. I thought about this for the Magi. We don't know who the Magi were. They obviously weren't Jewish. uh, And so we don't know of what faith they may have been or whether they had any faith at all. But something, somehow, God reached across that ignorance and bridged that gap. And I thought if God can do that for them, he can do it for many of us. Now, I want to camp on this for just a second because many of you are discovering you are increasing amounts of relationship with people who know nothing about God. We have, for the last decades in our country, uh, become a people who are increasingly biblically ignorant, and as we become ignorant of the scriptures, we become ignorant of who God is and what he came to do. You want to see some statistics that are, are, are startling. I thought this would throw that up on the screen for me. This was put out by the, by the Pew Research Association. Uh, they, were asked, they were asking a question to people with their affiliation, and uh, 41% of the people interviewed said that they identify re- religiously as Protestant. 18% said they identify as Catholic. 9% of other faith. But look at this. 31% of the people said they have no religious affiliation whatsoever. We don't connect with any faith. They may or may not believe in God at all, but they, they don't connect with any kind of faith. And I thought, man, that is a startling statistic. Now, it gets, it gets even scarier when you begin to see what, how it impacts the younger generations. Throw that next, I can pull the screen. The younger, the younger Americans, uh, you, you look at this, younger millennials who were born between 1990 and 1996, 36% of them said they are either atheist, agnostic, or they are nothing in particular. Atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. The older millennials who are from 19, born 1981 to 1989, 34% of them identify the same way. Now, if you add that together, 70% of the young people in our country who are 40 years and younger say they're either atheist or agnostic or they don't have any kind of religious affiliation. Now, for you who are young, for, for our, our, our youth and our college kids and all that, you need to understand you are walking into an increasingly uh, darker culture that is further from God. You're going to encounter more and more people who don't share your background, who don't share your faith, or don't share your commitment. You've got to be sure in your own heart of who God is and what he can do. Because God is going to use you as lights to dark places for people who are far from him. Not because they really want to be far from him. just because they've never heard about him. Sometimes it's because of ignorance. Sometimes there's distance that's created because of disappointment. Sometimes, if we're honest, God just doesn't operate the way we want him to. God doesn't heal like we want him to. God doesn't answer prayers the way that we want him to. And sometimes when, when, when we have those disappointments, when God doesn't operate, we feel like when we find out we can't control God, sometimes we just get really disillusioned. And, and that disappointment causes us to just move away from God. Sometimes that distance, quite frankly, is, is created by disobedience. Some of us, if we're honest, the distance between us and God has to do with the choices that we've made. 
Some of us have simply chosen. We believe there's a God. We know there's a God, in fact. But we've just chosen we're going to live our own way. We're going to do our own thing. And, and, and we, don't, we don't feel the closeness of God. We don't feel the presence of God. And, and in fact, sometimes we find ourselves moving into darker and darker places. And we're going, why is that? Well, the fact of the matter is, it's us. You know, when you say, you know, when somebody says, I'm a long way from God. Well, guess who moved? God hasn't gone anywhere. It's us, amen, it's us. Now, whether it's ignorance, disobedience, or, or disappointment, doesn't matter, because here's the great news, we can never get away from God. God reached across the distance to these magi, and God is reaching across the distance to us. Here, here we go. We can, never, we can never be too far from the eyes of God. We are never too far from the eyes of God. You ever tried to play hide and seek with God? <laughs> he wins every time. I, I, I love the, one of my favorite, favorite stories in Genesis chapter three, after Adam and Eve sinned, you remember what happened? It says they heard the sound of God walking in the garden. What did they do? They hid. They hid, you know, they're, they're hiding somewhere and God's playing along with them, you know, like, you know, Adam, where are you? You know, kind of like you do with your kid, but he, God, God knew where they were. God sees us no matter where we are. His eyes are always upon us. We are never too far from the voice of God. God can speak to us. Some of us, are, our hearts are heavy because of people that we care deeply about. And, and, and they're, they're, they're out there and we're really afraid for where they're going to end up. And you know what? We can be encouraged by the fact that the voice of God can speak. Now, they may not be listening, but the voice of God will continue to speak. <clears throat> we are never too far from the hand of God. One of the things I'm always amazed by are the stories of people who talk about this distance that they had in their life and somehow God showed up and moved in a way that they weren't expecting and they, even though they had distanced themselves from him, God's hand was still able to reach him. He's got a really, really long arm. Have you noticed that? He can reach us right where we're at. And here's, here's, here's the best part. We are never too far from the grace of God. We are never too far from the grace of God. Don't miss this. I don't know who you are, don't know where you've been, don't know what you've done or how long you've been there, but here's what I do know. God's grace is greater than all of our sin. Our past can be completely forgiven and our future can become bright the day we cry out to him because you're, we're never too far from that great grace of God. I heard a, heard a phenomenal story um, about a guy out of, out of Iran. His name was uh, Hamayan, and, uh, and, and Hamayu is the name. And he was uh, an addict who um, gotten in all kinds of trouble. Uh, he was just really struggling in his life. And he was, he was uh, Muslim. And he said one night, he had this dream about Jesus. And he said, it, it, when he woke up, he said it, it just really scared him because, you know, he'd never studied Jesus. He'd never, you know, he'd just heard the name. He said, but Jesus came, came to this dream and just, he said he was so real to him. He said it just, it, it freaked him out. And he said he sat on his bed and he said, I thought a long time about the dream and just how real it was. He said, then as he started into the day, he said something crazy happened. He said, all of a sudden he realized he did not have a craving for drugs anymore. 
He said, somehow, some way in this encounter, he said, only thing he could credit was the fact that somehow this Jesus magically removed his desire for drugs. And that was the moment where he decided this Jesus has to be real. This Jesus has to be real. And not only did he seek him out and surrender his life, but this guy became a, 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 an evangelist in Iran for Jesus who appeared to him in this dream. And I'm reading this guy's story, and I'm thinking, you are such an amazing and marvelous God whose grace is more than what we could ever imagine, who can reach us when we're not even looking for you and can forgive us of all we've done no matter what that may be. I love the passage of scripture from Isaiah 1. The Lord speaks to us. Read it out loud with me. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Pastor Steve, why can we, why can we have hope we can have hope regardless of where we are because our God calls to us from across the distance. Here's another one. We can have hope regardless of how little we understand because we too have stars that guide us. We too have stars that guide us. <laughs> As I was reading the story and I was processing again this idea of this star leading these magi through the night to a place they'd never been to a place they didn't even know where they were going or what they were going to find but I thought you know what God has given us guiding stars too so often I, I hear people talk about you know I just I, I feel like I'm in a dark place and I, I don't know how to get to where I'm going sometimes we gotta we gotta stop and remember God has given us guiding stars for our life can I just give you a few of them there's probably more than this but let me just give you a few one we have the guiding star of his word we have the guiding star of his word God loved us so much, he wrote us a written word to have something that can turn, uh, we can turn to through the dark times to get us through the night. Come on, it's just us. How many of you have been at a dark place sometime in your life, on sometime on your journey of faith, and, and sometime in the midst of that, you, God gave you a scripture that you were able to hold on to that just kept you through that dark time? Can anybody say, yeah, that's me? Yeah. That's why God gave us that word. It's, it's a guiding light. If you don't have the word of God in your head, I promise you, you're not gonna have his hope in your heart. This is why we make such a big deal in challenging you to, to get into God's word. He gave you that to give you something to see you through those dark places. That guy from Iran that I was telling you about, Lamayu, he, um, he, he ended up, getting uh, arrested for preaching the gospel in Iran. Uh, it's uh, illegal there to proselytize. So he, he was ended up getting arrested. They threw him in prison. And he actually led some other prisoners to Christ. And then he met up with a few others who were there because of their faith. And one of the things they talked about together when they would meet together is the fact that they weren't allowed to have Bibles in prison. 
And so they were trying to figure out how do we hold on. So you know what they did? I thought this was so cool. They got a notebook and they sat down together and they just started writing down every scripture that they could think of. They went back and they just, every scripture that they could remember, they just began, they filled this notebook with scriptures that they remembered. And you know what they would do? Daily, they would take this notebook and they would sit down together and they would read through these scriptures. And they said, that handmade personal notebook of scriptures became the hope that they held on to for the three years that he was in jail with them. And I thought about that and I thought, I wonder for, for us, how, how many of us, you know, if we were thrown into prison and weren't allowed to have a Bible, how much of God's word have we hidden in our heart to hold on to? That's why it's there. I love the passage from Psalm 119. Read it out loud with me. He says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. How many of you have ever visited a uh, a, a natural caverns in the U.S. Anybody ever been to a cavern? Like, uh, there's different ones in different places. Have you ever been there and they've turned out the lights to show you how dark? Wanda and I were. We were either in the Karchner Caverns in Arizona or the Natural Bridge Caverns in, in San Antonio. I don't remember which. When they they stopped us at a certain place and they turned out the lights. That is, there's dark and then there's dark. You know what I'm saying? And that was that's scary dark. I mean, man, when they, you're in that cave, they turn it out. You can't, I mean, you can put your head, you can't see anything. And, I, it, and when they turn that little light on, you know, so again, you're, you're just like, whew, you know, why? Because you, you know, when it's, when it's dark like that, you don't know where to walk. You don't know what to do. That's why God gave us his word. It's, it's a light. It's a, it's a light that lights our path. It shows us the way to go. Yesterday or Friday, I was up here at the church you know, doing, some, uh, doing some stuff and I wanted to get my exercise in so I, I put my headphones on and I went out and I just walked around the property uh, for an hour, uh, just stretching my legs and I usually just pray while I'm walking and, or, I, or I listen to worship music. But as I, as I was doing that on Friday, I, I thought of the story of these guys in prison and I thought, I wonder how much scripture I could remember. And so I turned my music off and I just, I just started walking and quoting scripture. And I'm, I'm quoting all these scriptures that, I, you know, that I've read through the years and just asking God to kind of bring them back to my remembrance. And I'm kind of going through the Bible and what can I remember from here and here and here. Can I, can I tell you something that happened for me? As I started quoting some of those scriptures and doing that, something began to happen. My heart just began to get full. There is something about the word of God that gives you hope. Amen. It's our guiding light. Well, it's one of our guiding lights. Can I give you another one? It's the guiding light of his spirit. When, when we invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of our life, the, the Bible says that not only does he forgive our sins, but he deposits his spirit in us. Jesus himself said that that spirit is what will guide us into all truth. It's that, it's that part of one of those guiding lights that God has given us. So a part of our journey along the way is learning how do we, how do we listen to the spirit of God? How do we know and discern his voice when he's speaking so that we can know which way to go? 
Um, how many of you, again, how many of you have ever felt like a nudge from God, where, where you feel like God is asking you to say something to someone or do something for somebody, or he's asking you to move in a particular situation, it's kind of a little uncomfortable for you, but you know it's God, and so you do it? How, how many of you have ever had to do that? Yeah, yeah. And that's a part of that spirit moving. And sometimes we're just amazed because we had no idea what God was up to, but he does. That's part of that guiding light. I was, I was reading a story of a, uh, of a woman, um, I think her name was Dolores. And she was talking about uh, this couple that she knew, Floyd and Betty, that God brought to her mind one day. And she said, I just felt like God was telling me, give them $20, and she said, I'm like, you know, I know them, and they're, they're not like best friends. They're, they're people I know. I'm well acquainted with them, but I give them $20. And he just, she said, I just kept feeling that. And uh, she said, you know, I didn't know. Uh, maybe I'll see him on Sunday. But she said, I didn't know where they lived. I didn't know what places they frequented. You know, she said, so I didn't, I didn't know, you know, how I was going to make it happen. So I finally just said, you know, Lord, if, if I'm going to give them $20, you're going to have to bring them to me because I don't know where they're at. And she said her and her husband were at a, at, a, at a funeral home for a visitation one Friday night. She said, we were waiting in line at this funeral home to get in and, and, and greet the family and offer our condolences. And she said, as we we're standing there in line, she goes, I felt somebody tap me on the shoulder. And I said, I turned around, there's Floyd and Betty. She goes, I just started laughing. I'm going, no, well, that was quick, you know, kind of thing. And she, she, they, they greeted, and, and, and then she said, Laura said, I looked at Floyd and Betty. She goes, this is gonna sound really weird. But God brought, had brought, put you on my heart this week, and I feel like I'm supposed to give you $20. And she had reached in her purse, and she handed them a $20 bill. She said, when I did that, she said, Floyd and Betty's eyes got about this big. She said, and they're staring at me and looking at each other, and they're going, no way. And she said, what's up? And she said, well, he, they said, today, she said, we were praying together. And she said, things have really, been really tight for us. And quite frankly, we don't, we don't have any money. We're waiting for our next paycheck. And they said, you know, we were praying about today and they said, we just felt God saying, I got today covered, pray about tomorrow. And they said, well, we don't know why to pray about tomorrow, but they did. They just said, Lord, you know what's coming tomorrow? Would you just pray and be our provider for tomorrow, whatever's coming? And they said, a couple hours later, she said, we got a call. She said, we have a good friend that passed away in another town. And we know we need to go there to be there with the family tomorrow. But so we have no gas in our truck. And we thought, oh, wow, we already prayed about tomorrow, but where in the world are we going to get money for gas? And then you hand us a $20 bill. And obviously, this was a few years ago for $20 to fill up a truck, but, it, it was, but that $20 was there. And, and, and again, when I'm reading this story, I start laughing. Isn't God cool how he can connect the dots like that? Why? Because he can guide us with his spirit. I love Galatians 5.25. Read it out loud with me, church. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Let me give you one more. God also gives us a guiding light through people. Now, I know we don't always like to listen to people, and I'm not telling you ought to listen to everyone, but I am going to tell you that sometimes God speaks directly to us through other people. Look at me. Even when we're pastors, God speaks to us through other people. I wrote, a, I wrote a devotional uh, last week in my daily devotional time. I, I wrote a devotional on, on uh, Isaiah 40, 31. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Some of you read that and you got that. Um, interesting, the next day I got, a, I got an email from Wanda's uncle, Louie, 
Louis was a, was a pastor for a number of years, and uh, he's now in his 80s and retired. But he sent me this email, and I just thought it was so cool. He said, hi, he said, I read your today's thoughts about waiting on the Lord, and I thought you might like to hear my experience uh, two years into my first pastorate as a, as a young pastor. He said, I, I was having stomach trouble, and I sought out a doctor, and he said, and it was cool because the doctor that the Lord guided me to was a Christian, and he didn't charge pastors. It don't get any better than that. You know, that, that was, that, he said, that was really cool. He said, as I talked to him about what was going on, he said, he told me I knew, he knew I was getting an ulcer. And he said, and he told me he could cure me for free. And he said, so I'm listening, and the doctor says, you, you work about 80 hours a week trying to build the church up. And he said, you spend about 15 minutes a day for a meal, and then you run back to work. And when you go to bed, you worry about all the church issues that your people are facing. Now, here's my recommendation to you. Work 40 to 50 hours like everyone else. Take 45 minutes to an hour to eat. And if you get done eating in 15 minutes, just sit and visit with your wife and just relax until that hour is up. And when you do go to bed, do what you tell us to do. Take it to the Lord and leave it there. It's his problem, not yours, and you will see him take care of it. Louis said, one week later, my pain left, and it's never returned in 70 years. Greatest sermon I ever heard in, in five minutes. <laughs> we don't really preach that short. Yeah, great word. I love, I love 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Read it with me, church. It says, so encourage each other, build each other up just as you are already doing. Why can you have it? You can have hope because God has given you guiding lights, his word, his spirit, and his people. Let me give you one, one last thought. We can have hope regardless of how long or difficult our journey because God has not forgotten us. God has not forgotten us. When I was, um, again, when I was sitting with the story, one of, one of the things I thought about when the commentators were talking about how far these guys had to travel, I thought, you know, I wonder at what point on this journey did these guys look at each other and go, what are we doing? Man, we've been walking for days. We've been following this star for weeks. And we're nowhere. I, I, I wonder how much discouragement did they, did they go through as they, as they took this journey. And, and then I started, I started thinking about some of the people I knew. And some of the stuff that they're going through. And some, some of us, come on, it's just, on, it's just us. Some of us have been in the midst of stuff for a while now. And it's so easy to lose hope. It's so easy to feel hopeless. It's so easy. It's so easy to feel like, even as we're praying, God, have you, have you forgotten me? Look at me. Don't miss this. God knew exactly where the Magi were. He had not forgotten them. And you know what? He has not forgotten you. I love the, the word of encouragement the Lord gives us in Isaiah 49. He says, can a mother forget her nursing child? 
He says, can, can she feel no love for this child she has born? He goes, but even if, even if that were possible, read it with me, church, I would not forget you. That's why we can say with the psalmist in Psalm 39, 7, read it out loud, church. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in, is in who? In you. Throw that picture up on the screen for me, would you, Lee? That young lady uh, is a gal who was in our church in Phoenix. Her name is Cindy. And uh, Cindy, Cindy loves mules. She, has, uh, she loves horses, and she, but she really has uh, a passion for mules. I told her one time she could be a pastor with, with that. So You'll get that sometime this afternoon. That'll, that'll, that'll kick in. But she, she loves, loves mules, and uh, she posted on Facebook back in September that she had a chance for the dream of her life, and it was to take a four-day, be a part of a four-day mule drive, driving these mules 100 miles in the Sierra Nevada mountains, taking them from their uh, summer grazing place to their winter grazing place. Throw that next picture up. And so she got to be a part of this drive as they're, as they're driving these mules. And you can imagine, I mean, they're sleeping out in the open every day. They're dealing with all kinds of weather. It's, it's not, not an easy trail uh, or easy life at all. Throw that next picture up. And they, but they got them, got them to the pasture land, got them to where they were supposed to be. And it was, it was a really cool story. And she was talking about just how, how, how this was like her dream come true. And you would think... Probably some of you are thinking, well, that really wouldn't be my dream come true. That wouldn't be exactly what I would wish for. But for her, it was her dream come true. You know what's really cool about Cindy when, when you read this, though? This gal's been through cancer three different times. One of those times, the doctors told her she wasn't going to live a year. But Cindy, in all of her journey through all of this, has held on to the Lord. She's not afraid to die, but she has chosen for every day that she wakes up on this earth, she has chosen to live. And in her post, I thought it was so cool, she was talking about this being the epitome of the things she experienced yet. She said, I've been, I've been parasailing. I skydived in Arizona. I, uh, I saw the stingrays in the Bahamas. And she goes, and I swam with the dolphins. She goes, I've done all of this stuff through all of this but driving these mules was the best time of my life. <laughs> What's got Cindy through all of this? One word, hope, hope. Could you use some hope today? I'm gonna invite you, if you would, just take a moment to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm gonna invite my prayer partners. If you guys would go ahead and come to the front. Just a moment, just with you, just take a moment to reflect. Rachel's going to lead us in a song, and it talks about our, our hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you need hope in your life. I don't know where you need that healing or that encouragement or, or just the strength to keep going. But today, I invite you to open your heart and your life to him. And you can pray right where you are if you want to do that, that's fine. But this morning, we've got some folks here at the front that 
would count it a privilege to pray with you, to ask God's blessing upon you, to pray that God would give you hope and strength for the journey that you're on. Father, that's, that our, that's our prayer today. That no matter where we are, what we're facing, we have the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we declare you are our living hope. Lord, I pray that you would come alongside of all of us today. Lord, you know where we're at. Some of us may be a long way away. Some of us, Father, may find ourselves in places we, that are pretty dark, but they're dark because we created it with our own hands, the choices that we've made and the path that we've taken. And Lord, we wanna come back. And today, Lord, your guiding light is a light of grace that says, come to me. And you take us right where we are. And Lord, today, for all who need that forgiveness, Father, would you wrap your arms around them? Would you let your grace wash over them? Would you cleanse them of where they've been? And today, would you breathe into them a fresh new breath of life and help them become the man and the woman of God that you've intended for them to be? For others of us, Lord, we've been, we've been living in a place called disappointment. We've our hearts are heavy and we're struggling. You know, you know our situation. It may be financial, it may be relational, it may be medical, whatever it is. Lord, you are our God and you can meet us right where we're at. So today, Father, would you bring that light of hope to us? Would you let us know that you'll never leave us or forsake us, that you will hold on to us and never let us go? Father, I know that there are those for whom this holiday season is, is a really difficult time. But today, would you be their light? Would you be their joy? Would you be their peace? Would you let them know as they walk through this time, they are never, ever alone? Oh God, we thank you today. We love you so much. And it's in the precious name of our living hope, Jesus, that we pray. And everyone said, amen.